0: Welcome to Tanaka Her Stories. Uh, good day to you all. Sorry, apologies for the delay in some of the uh, challenges I'm having with getting content up and running. Uh, My apologies, my apologies. So I've been doing a lot of recording, just not for the podcast. Uh, Students are into their last couple weeks of uh, classes for the semester, and so they've been a bit of a priority. And then I just uh, spent the morning in Oklahoma, quote-unquote, quite virtually. Uh, I was invited by the North American Lakes Monitoring Society uh, to present in part of their quote-unquote Jedi uh, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion uh, panel and uh, so let's talk about that um, let's talk about the jedi models and so i was really happy to find out that there's actually an article um, about uh, challenging i guess uh, the jedi model in science and i was really happy to see that because i i challenged the jedi model in terms of uh, and the die and the die Um, So the device diversity, equity, inclusion, or the diversity, inclusion, equity, um, you know, all of these acronyms and uh, and the understanding behind them. And so one of my first issues is this idea of inclusion. And uh, it kind of hides the fact that, first of all, we actually have been included in Western development um, as a problem. Uh, indigenous peoples as a problem in our homelands being displaced as a result of being in the way of of development and so you know we have to think about that I think a little bit clearer when we're trying to figure out how to have these relationships with uh, non-indigenous peoples uh, because we actually have been included as a problem to be solved and so the disconscious racism um, of that inclusion model, right, again, is, is all about, you know, we're just gonna include you, we're gonna get you at the table. My experience of being included is usually there's, you know, five or 10 people sitting at the table, right? I've been invited to the table, but I am the only indigenous person there um, asked to speak to indigenous um, concerns or issues. Uh, when I'm working in organizations, right, I'm usually the only indigenous person and so, oftentimes, you know, I get asked about, okay, how do we do this? Or, you know, indigenization, decolonization, as my responsibility as the indigenous person in the room. And uh, I'd like to suggest that actually, that's that's a form of unconscious racism. And so, thinking then about equity, right, or and equality, uh, again, whose measurements are we using here? uh when i think about equity and i think about okay so uh when i'm teaching the amount of emotional labor that i'm working with uh to be heard to be understood uh compared to um you know just being able to you know fit the mold um the amount of um work it takes to put together uh, information for people to uh, be ready to hear, to be ready to activate, right? Uh, And I think about some of the work that I've done with researchers, for example, or other consultants, uh, where, you know, I'm spending a lot of time trying to explain this is why we need to do this, this is why we need to do this uh, for free. Uh, And then finally getting to that point of, oh, okay, Uh, that's important information, that sounds great. Uh, after the fact, and then I have to go back and fix whatever it was, fix that um, already in progress approach. Who pays for that? Um, who pays for for that sort of development work, um, the pieces that go into um, you know developing those kinds of relationships for for good work in the long run, and then the equality. Uh, equality suggests then you know that. We're all the same or that you know the, the measuring the measuring tape, the measuring stick is the measuring stick we're going to use. Uh, and for myself, I always wonder, well, who set that who set that criteria? Um, I remember listening to a really good friend of mine uh, state about how she didn't realize that she had been raised in poverty because she always ate. Um, and she you know she wasn't hungry she wasn't you know in tatters she wasn't in extreme poverty um, but compared to and that's a key term compared to um, the community around her right the the settlement around her um, she was she considered herself to be in poverty and wanted equality and so again it be, it speaks to the universality this this idea that we are all the same and that um, You know, equality means that we're all going to get the same. And and so there's a great little um, diagram in which, uh, you know, there's boxes and there's a fence and people are looking at, you know, being able to look at um, a parade that's going by. And and equality is, you know, everybody gets a box so that they can look over, even if they don't need it, they get that, right? That universal, um, you know, contribution. And then you see the equity is, you know, well, the shorter guy needs a bigger, like a number of, a number more boxes than the tall guy. The tall guy actually doesn't need a box. So he just, you know, the, the shorter guy can have them. And then, you know, the justice of, you know, breaking down the fence so that nobody needs boxes, but it doesn't actually address what it is that we're watching, right, or what we are being included in. And so, you know, for that one, and I, some of you have probably heard this story is, you know, Sam Steele, for myself, he was a, he was a, 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 um, how do you say it? He was the one, he was the Northwest uh, Mounted Police Constable, who was the, um, the, the person sent here to quell the uprising of the Tanaka people, and that was my great-great-great-grandfather. Um, so he was the, the, um, the opposite or the, the, uh, the contemporary to um, Chief Isidore, so my great-great-great-grandfather. And Isidore had the social responsibilities for our people and had his advisors, his men, right, his interpreters, the people that he would he would be advised by, et cetera, et cetera. And so Sam Steele, of course, comes over and and he's going to quell this uprising. And ever since, we have this Sam Steele parade, right, where we celebrate that every year. And there's no offenses anymore, I'm included. I get to watch this uh, parade if I so choose but the reality is i i i don't know why i would want to go and watch that parade or be included in that parade uh because what it's celebrating is the displacement of my people right the first attempt at you know genocide at the assimilation of tunakha people by uh, displacing us, by usurping the social responsibility, right, the socialization of Tanecha people to certain rules and beliefs and and systems, and celebrating instead this um, colonial figure, right, who, you know, no fault of his own, but he was part of a process, and, and that's what inclusion looks like. I don't know what else to say about that but uh, and so those are some of my my challenges the other challenges are around justice um, which you know i've heard very many times means just us and so how coded that is and when we think about you know murdered and missing women as an example and the fact of how many murdered and missing women there are indigenous women and girls uh, in canada murdered and missing indigenous women and girls in canada whose, whose um, murderer and whose abusers uh, have never been brought to justice, have never actually gone through the court system to be tried. Um, and if they are, how many of them had been left, let go? So think of Betty, um, Betty Osborne. Betty Ann Osborne uh, is, you know, there's a movie made about that and about the injustice. The injustice continues today. If we think about Thunder Bay, Ontario, and the young people uh, who have been murdered and literally dumped uh, by the river. Uh, So when we think about these models, um, I think we we need to we need to rethink the models. Uh, you know the Jedi I mean there's this great article right about and it's in Scientific America um, and it talks about you know how lots of people are like oh yeah the Jedi model um, and how it renames and how it shifts and how it distracts from really what we're trying to um, what we're trying to accomplish right and it's like it's it's part of the naming right and so they talk about you know when you talk about Jedi you kind of hide justice equity diversity and inclusion and for myself, you know, that naming is part of it as well, right? Because when we're, we're talking about some of the social issues, uh, we need to be able to get um, familiar and comfortable with naming, which is why, again, like I'm not a huge proponent for acronyms, um, but one of the, the acronyms that we often hear now is quote unquote the UNDRIP the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And so when I was calling it UNDRIP, and I was about 10 years ago, I was referring to it as the UNDRIP. And somebody who had actually worked on writing the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples sort of slapped me on the hand. And and I didn't mind, it wasn't a hard slap, but it was a slap on the hand to say, hey, you know, Indigenous Peoples have been working hard on that call it what it is. It's the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And then they went on to tell me about the fact that this is the first time in international law that we've now been embedded in international law as actually people. And so I did a bit of my own sort of background look at that. And I was like, okay, well, when did that happen? You have to go all the way back to the 11 hundreds to the Papal bulls. And the papal bulls are like announcements basically right from the vatican from the church stating you know this is now what you know this is the the direction we're going this is the law this is the belief blah 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 and the papal bulls in the 1100s of course were giving over information giving over the quote-unquote findings of exploration at that point to spain and to portugal and also um, ensured that the slave trade at that time, because that's where it was coming from, um, you know, part of the exploitation was slavery, was that we were not actually people. Indigenous people, we were not actually people. That's why outright genocide was okay. That's why it was sanctioned. That's why people did it. And when you look at global history and you look at where slaves came from and you look at how these experiences have influenced um, people today, we have to go back to understanding what our value of each other is. Do we actually value each other as human beings? Can we value each other as human beings as well as having different ways of being doing and knowing? I link that to biodiversity. I link that to climate change. I link that to water monitoring, because what I understand as a Tanaka Smaknak is that, you know, we are the younger brothers and sisters of and of all living things. And as the younger brothers and sisters, we are down the way from impacts. So the impacts might be first at Um, the the water right if you think about food as a byproduct of water which is something that i heard from um, a while back food is a byproduct of water well then down from that you know pattern that that um, relationship human beings by the time we get the food it's gone through all of these other relationships first and so the human experience of these is actually, you know, I think climate change. Um, you know, the folks that are very concerned about climate change, I think they're right. It's almost too late because, by the time it gets to the human beings, the damage has been done, and it's the damage has been done to such a degree, uh, on waters and landscapes that we're just happening, having, ha, having to to notice uh, that this has happened. And then what are we going to do about it? Well, then it becomes a study and then it becomes, you know, reframing, figuring out what the problem is, right? And then of course, with Western science, we only look at the one piece of it without really looking at the interrelationship of it, um, of what is causing, right? What is downstream? And so, you know, when I think of the work that I've done, um, you know, things like biodiversity, right? If I think about biodiversity, you know, of plants as an example, it's the biodiversity of indigenous peoples as well. So if we can't see the biodiversity of the people, of the human beings, of the cultures, we're going to have a very hard time arguing for the biodiversity of plants, the climate change, right? all of these impacts that we're experiencing uh in our environments um you know the way that it's reframed for us so right now we're dealing with flooding right in the interior and lower mainland and it's seen as you know a natural disaster and somebody said this to me yesterday and i'm like it's not natural um Maybe it was natural, right? I know that the coasts, they have stories about when they knew they needed to move upland, right That they have uh, villages that are underwater quite deeply underwater, and they knew they had to move up, right? They would just continue to move up. But what's happening right now is not an actual natural disaster per se. Uh, it's been aided and abetted by human beings not recognizing the signs not recognizing or putting ourselves on top of a hierarchy rather than being in relationship to our landscapes and waterways so that's what i'm talking about today Uh, i just did a presentation for the north american lakes monitoring society uh, talking about um, the work that i had just done with living lakes canada on supporting the development of uh, Indigenous-led webinar series, Indigenous-led water relationships that was hosted by Living Lakes Canada and how we did that And, and the investment that Living Lakes made first with their Uh, Staff to a pre-engagement ethics workshop right a series of webinars Uh, And then what we did is then we went back to people and created time space in place uh, For each of the place-based indigenous peoples within the quote-unquote Columbia Basin to have time to discuss their relationship uh, with water and each of those uh, webinars were slightly quote-unquote slightly different and so I know right now the One River Conference is happening. I'm I'm not participating in that. Um, it's it's called One River and Ethics Matter. Uh, and sorry about that. I'm over at uh, in my home location today. So, uh, we'll, uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's chewy. If you know me, then you know I've got this big white dog. And so um, yeah, I'm just going to conclude there for today.